The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we continue today looking at the pride of Job, we see that Job is kind of slipping into the absolutism way of thinking. He believes everything that's happening is orchestrated by God. Job also thinks he has a case before God. He wants God to come on the scene so he can lay out his case before him. And we know that eventually God does appear, and when he does, Job can't answer even one of the questions that God asks. So even though God himself declares that Job is living more righteously than anyone around him, Job nonetheless has some issues. His pride is slipping in here, and we're beginning to see some of the self-righteous attitude that apparently everyone had in the days of Job. But ultimately, we'll see that Job did indeed have a case. It's just that the case he had wasn't built upon himself. As in the case of every single elect child of God, Job's case was built upon the perfect work and righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us today as we continue looking at Job's pride in chapters 20 through 31. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. We will live above. 
But here's, here Job is beginning to slip into that. So in these chapters 20 through 31, he elaborates on that. Look in chapter 23 and verse 13. Talking of God here, Job says, But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and, me, and many such things are with him. Therefore am I troubled at his presence, that is, at the presence of God. When I consider, I am afraid of him, for God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me. Because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. He's blaming God for a lot of things here. One of the things he's saying is, God, I'm blaming you because you didn't kill me at birth. Or, or that you didn't kill me in the womb. But ultimately, he's saying, the Almighty troubleth me. He sounds a lot like an absoluter here. Turn over to chapter 30 just for a minute. I know we're skipping around, but remember we said all of these attacks are basically repetitions of their previous attacks. And Job's responses are what we really want to look at here. In chapter 30, and look at verse 19. Speaking of God again. He, that is God hath cast me into the mire, and I am become like dust and ashes. I cry unto thee, and thou dost not hear me. I stand up, and thou regardest me not. Thou art become cruel to me. And thy strong hand, with thy strong hand, thou opposest thyself against me. Thou liftest me up to the wind. Thou causest me to ride upon it, and dissolvest my substance. Job is getting into a bad place here. And, you know, there's a reason this is written down. It's written for our benefit. Because I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what kind of struggles you're having, whether they're physical, health-wise, mental, spiritual, family, work, whatever it may be. We have to be careful that we don't just sit down and begin to blame God. You know, God gets blamed for so much that he's not doing <laughs> You know, there's so many sufferings and troubles in the world. And the point being that uh, if you're not careful, we'll get to where Job is and say, God is troubling me. The Almighty has lifted up himself against me. He's become cruel to me. And that leads us into a bad place. And in fact, it can do what it did with Job. Because see, Job believes he's been wronged by God. And now he believes he has a case before God. He has a case. He, how many times have we seen he wants to argue his case before God? Now, now, before we go there, go back to the ninth chapter first, and let's understand that Job started out on the right track. In verse 32, he says, For he, speaking of God, is not a man, as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment, Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. At this point, Job, now he's wrong about the daysman, by the way, and we're going to see that in a moment. But, but at this point, Job understands where he is and who he is, okay? He realizes that God is not someone that has to answer to us. And in fact, when he comes on the scene, there's a place over there where he says, uh, uh, he says, if he asks me a question, I can't answer him one out of a thousand. We're going to see that later on. <laughs> Job has to lay his hand on his mouth. He had the right idea then, but now, maybe through the continued annoyance of his friends and the continued pressure of the suffering, he has an outburst. Okay? So in verse 
chapter 23, and look at verse 1. Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter, my stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Speaking of God, that I might come even to his seat. <laughs> and remember, this is the one who said, I can't even answer him at one out of a thousand questions. And there's no daysman between us. I, can't, I couldn't even answer him if he asked me anything. And we can't come together in judgment. Now, through the continued pressure of the sufferings and the, and the, and the continued attacks by his friends, he says, I just wish I knew where God was. I'd go to his seat and I'd lay out my case. He said, verse 4, I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. He said, I've got a case to present before God. I've got a case that I need to present to him. He says, will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him. <laughs> oh, Job. You've been on the right track. How did you get so far off track? The righteous could dispute with him. Well, if there were any righteous, maybe they could. But the problem is, he asked the question, how should man be just with God? And the answer is you can't. Not in and of yourself. He said, so should I be delivered forever from my judge. And if you skip on down to verse 10, he says, he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Now, I want to stop right there. And I want to remind you that this is Job who understood at one point that there was nothing in himself that could answer God. And now he's saying, I want to argue my case before God. And I'm telling, he's, he's talking to his friends. He says, I'm telling you when I... When he tries me, I'll come forth like gold. What an arrogant, prideful statement. What a, what a change in attitude. What a change in attitude. Notice what he says in verse 11. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. In other words, I've done everything he says. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now let me say, this is the attitude we ought to have. But let's not ever get mistaken that we've actually done this, that we've actually kept these commandments. You see, we ought to have the attitude that the words of God's mouth, his written word here that we have today, that we esteem that more than our necessary food, but let's never be mistaken that we actually can keep the law. You see, James said, if you're a breaker of one law, you're a lawbreaker. He said, well, I've never robbed a bank. Okay, have you ever looked upon a woman or a man to lust after them in your heart? Then you're a lawbreaker. I've never committed adultery, but if you've looked upon them, see, Jesus said you've committed adultery in your heart. So let's not get arrogant and lift it up with pride. Oh, well, I'm better than that one over here. You know, I, I read about a man that said that. I read about a man that said, I'm so glad I'm not like this other man. He said, I tithe, I go to church, I stand up and do the right things, and I'm this and I'm that. Not like this old publican. <laughs> you know, you know the, the worship of the publican was like this. He stood, as we would say today, he stood at the back of the church and wouldn't even look up. 
smote upon his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. <laughs> Guess which worship God accepted? It wasn't the Pharisee. It wasn't someone like Job who is now beginning to talk about how good he's been. Really, Job, you haven't gone back from the commandments of his lips? I'm not so sure about that, which shows us that Job believes that he is better than he really is. Now, well, we'll come back to that, but remember, Job is under a lot of pressure. Look over in chapter 27 in verse 1. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, As God liveth, who hath taken away my judgment, and the Almighty who hath vexed my soul. Okay, let me stop there. You see, this is dangerous ground. He's blaming God for all the things that are happening to him. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a grudge against God, you might say. And, and now look at where it's leading him. All the while my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. My lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. God forbid that I should justify you till I die. I will not remove my integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. Let mine enemy be as the wicked, and he that riseth up against me as the unrighteous. Notice where he's headed here. And again, it's because of all the pressure. I get it. It's because of all the stress. I understand it, the suffering. But it's still not right. Job is a object lesson of how wrong thinking will not help you in suffering. Job is justifying himself. Just like Elihu said, he's justifying himself. And he says, as God liveth, all the while my breath is in me, my lips shall not speak wickedness. Who can really say that? Who can really claim that? My heart will not reproach me so long as I live. I don't know about you, but my heart has been reproaching me today. You see the pride that's coming through. You see where he's at. You know, it reminds me of somebody that I read about in the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter. Let's just turn there for a second. And you remember that what we're talking about here is not that Job is a wicked reprobate who's going to hell. Job is a regenerated child of God who, who is in heaven today. Much like a man named Peter. You know, Peter was one of the great apostles. And in chapter 26 of Matthew in verse 31, when Jesus said to them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. And he talks, talking about his crucifixion and resurrection. In verse 33, Peter answered and said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never offend. Lord, I'll never be offended. And Jesus even looked him in the eye and said, Verily I say unto thee that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And in the face of the absolute declaration of Jesus Christ himself, that he is a sinner and will betray him, Peter said, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Now, I, I confess to you, I, I get Peter. I'm... I have great sympathy for Peter because I tend to be like Peter. <laughs> oh, Lord, not me. You know, Brother Mackey may, but not me. <laughs> Brother Glendon may do it, but I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm, 
I'm just not going to be the one to let you down, Lord. And, and it's not 30 minutes till I've said something or done something or reacted in such a way that I've let him down. That's Job. That's where Job is. That's the problem with Job. Whole chapter 29 of Job. We won't read it all. You read it when you can. The whole chapter 29 is, look what I was. Look where I was, Lord. You guys out there, look at me. Look how great I was and look where I am now. Chapter 30, verse 1. He said, now they that are younger than I have me in derision, whose fathers I would have disdained to set with the dogs of my flock. <laughs> in other words, you may look at Job, and Job was doing a lot of things right, but he had some issues because there were some people he looked down on. He said, I wouldn't even hire this man to be a dog catcher, you know. I wouldn't hire him to feed my pigs. I wouldn't hire him to, to, to sit with the dogs overlooking my flocks. That's an arrogant attitude, isn't it? Let me, let me just say this to you, child of God. I am so thankful for this church and all of God's churches and indeed the church in general because the ground is level in the church of the living God. He tells us in one place that every high hill should be made low, every low valley should be made high. You know what he's telling us there? If you're a proud Pharisee, he's going to bring you down or you're not, you're not going to enjoy the church. If you're a proud Pharisee, you're not going to enjoy Zion Church. But by the same token, praise God, if you're in the depths of despair, the valley of unworthiness, he's going to bring you up because it's not your worthiness that counts. It's, it's Christ's. Look at these arrogant statements. Chapter 31 and verse 1. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Now that's a great statement and that's a great covenant to make. But his point is here, I believe if you continue to read, as he, as he looks down like in verse 4, Doth he not see my ways and count on my steps? If I have walked with vanity or if my foot hath hasted to deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. You see, the rest of this chapter, 31, 29, 30, and 31, are just really declarations of Job's pride. So we see there's a problem with Job. But as I've said already, as we bring this to a close tonight, let's, let's not be too hard on Job. Let's, let's not be too hard. Let's, we're not justifying him because he's wrong. But he's in the, horn, in the horns of a dilemma. He's suffering greatly. He's being assaulted by his friends wrongly. And he doesn't really know what's going on because he doesn't have a scripture to look to. It would be hard for me not to speak out in that circumstance. And Elihu's answer here in chapter 32 is to get angry. And that's not the right response either. We're going to take some time to look at Elihu's responses. And he's got some good things to say like all of them did. But he's got issues as well. Elihu's answer to all of them is chapters 32 through 37. And it starts out with anger because Job was justifying himself rather than God. In chapter 32 and verse 6, it says that Elihu said, I am young and you are very old. Wherefore, I was afraid and durst not show you my opinion. I said days, or that is years, you know, the fact of older people should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. 
He said, but there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Great men are not always wise, neither do the aged understand judgment. And therefore, he said, hearken to me. And so he's about to tell Job and his friends some things. We'll talk about that later on, but as we close tonight, I just want to ask a question. Does, you know, Job said he had a case. Job thought he had a case before God. I want to ask you the question tonight. Does Job have a case? He said there was no daysman betwixt us, so I'm going to go argue my own case. But is that true? Well, the answer is that Job has no case in and of himself. If you go back, you don't have to turn there now, but if you go back to chapter 9 and you read the question he asked, he said, I know it is so of a truth, but how should man be just with God if he will contend with him? That is, if man will contend with God, man cannot answer God one of a thousand. He can't answer the questions. And we're going to, God's going to come on the scene and prove that. Does Job have a case? No, not in and of himself. But does Job have a case? There is a daysman. There is a daysman. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, we read that there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. See, that's what a daysman is. That's what a daysman is. And Job, in all of his suffering and in all of his sincere um, arguments in trying to defend himself, he misses it on a lot of things, but if you remember last time we were here, we preached to you out of Job, the 19th chapter. And you know what he said in the 19th chapter? He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. There were a lot of things Job didn't know. You know, God asked him a lot of questions. Were you here when I created things? What? He couldn't answer those. But there's one thing Job knew. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the latter days, He'll stand upon the earth, and yea, though the skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. So Job really knew the answer, but he got off track like we do. I'm not justifying Job, but I want us to see that the pride that he had may very well be one of the reasons God allowed this suffering to come upon him. We're going to see this a little more as we go through it, and hopefully talk a little bit about suffering, but um, I hope that we can keep the right mindset when we experience the troubles of life. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.